0: All right, so I'm Larry Marcus from Walden Venture Capital, and I'm honored to be here at the best music tech conference there is, Yeah, and hosting a great set of companies who will be giving us some brief overviews and sometimes demos about something notable that they're up to about their businesses, and then we'll have some Q&A as a part of that. So I'll be leading some Q&A, but... Please be thinking of questions as, you're going, as the companies are going along. So first, I want to introduce Dave Porter of 8Tracks, who's going to be talking about crowdfunding. And just want to say, if any of you haven't used 8Tracks, has anybody here not tried 8Tracks? Then you should definitely try it, because it's a great streaming service with some really unique and wonderful playlists. Thank you, Larry. Take it away, Appreciate Dave. Appreciate
1: that. So it sounds like a few of you have not heard of 8Tracks, so I'll give you a quick... Quick overview to start off. So Atrax is crowd-curated Internet radio. It's essentially a platform for online mixtapes in some sense. Uh, the company was launched in August of 2008, just over eight years ago. We've raised five million dollars to date, uh, half of which came in through our crowdfunding campaign, which I'll talk about in a moment. And we have 15 employees, most of whom are in San Francisco. In terms of the numbers, we reached four million monthly active users in the. US. and Canada which ranks us number three per comm score in the U.S. for a pure play internet radio services. And from a qualitative standpoint, one thing that's quite unique about 8Tracks is about nine in ten of our users are in the millennial demographic. Uh, So it skews more youthful than most services. And two-thirds of our streaming comes from independent labels and independent artists. So we've done crowdfunding, and we've done something called Regulation A crowdfunding. And it's a little bit distinct from the types of crowdfunding that you may be familiar with. Uh, The first wave of crowdfunding kicked off with Kickstarter in 2009, and that's essentially uh, not equity-based crowdfunding uh, where you contribute cash and you get uh, an early version of the product, perhaps a discount on the product. Uh, A few years back, Regulation D crowdfunding kicked off, and that's equity-based crowdfunding. Uh, which simply means that you can have a general solicitation over the Internet, uh, but that type of crowdfunding is limited to accredited investors, which means that you have to have net worth of at least a million dollars where you make more than 200k in net income. So Regulation A opened this up to everyone. So as of last June, uh, I guess June or July of 2015, uh, any retail investor can invest in a private company uh, over the, through a general solicitation. So, uh, this is what we did uh, with a company called Seed Invest, uh, and the only real limitation is that the individuals can't invest more than ten percent of their net income uh, or net worth. So we took this path um, for a couple of key reasons. So Atrax has always been about its community. It's our community that creates the programming. It's our community that promotes that programming. Uh, so it stood to reason that uh, we should give the community the oppor- opportunity to invest directly in Atrax. Uh, We also thought that this would be a way to increase uh, our users' sense of ownership. So they've always had sort of a psychological sense of ownership because they make the playlists, uh, they have their friendships on the platform, but this was a a way that we could translate that into economic ownership as well. And also, just, you know, it goes without saying, but VC funding and music streaming is tough, Uh, low margins, a lot of competition. So this provided a logical way for us to raise uh, effectively our Series A uh, from the investor standpoint, there's obviously the incentive of a financial return. Uh, I think, with our community in particular, because it is so passionate, there's this notion of supporting a service you love, almost like a, a public radio campaign uh, or public television campaign. And there's a little bit of an ego satisfaction, I think, as well, where you know you're kind of playing the VC game alongside uh, Andreessen Horowitz and Index and you know big name DJs that have invested in Atrac. So uh, the cocktail party fodder. Is, uh, is certainly a, a key point as well. Um, so this is how it went. So we, <clears throat> we ran a test, what they call a testing the waters campaign in January, which is essentially an email survey of our users asking, would you be willing to invest in Atrax, and if so, how much? Uh, from that, we, we garnered $33 million worth of interest, which was uh, far in excess of what we would have expected. <clears throat> but we knew that we had to take that with a grain of salt. Um, a lot of people, you know, will say, yeah, I'll invest $1,000. But when it comes time to take out the wallet and actually invest, uh, you know, that may be a different story. So ultimately, we set a cap in our SEC filing in June of $11 million. Uh, and we internally had a target of $5 million, about half that. So we, we really viewed this as being essentially our Series A round. Um, and since mid-June, when the campaign kicked off, I think on June 14th, we've raised a, a total of $2.3 million. So about halfway to our overall target. Uh, if anyone's interested in investing, the round closes on Friday. So uh, you can go to our uh, seedinvest.com slash 8tracks uh, to invest. Uh, so kind of upshot of it all, you know, it's not quite a proper Series A round. It's fallen short of our expectations, but it's certainly been a, an outstanding response from the community. So I think I'm ahead of time. I'm good. Perfect. So at this point, I want to open it up for a Q&A.
0: Great. Well, first, uh, I want to say I really love that that logo that you put together. Our designer rocks. That was really nice. <laughs> Thanks. Um, can you talk just a little bit about the effort required in getting it done? Is the effort mostly up front in getting your docs together, or is it more in the selling, and then what's the due diligence cycle like?
1: Well, it's it's both. I think there's... Probably there's two chunks of work. The, the first piece was what we did back in the spring, and that's uh, completing the SEC uh, information. So the you have to file with the SEC because this is, in some sense, is a public offering. And so that's a lot of work, and that requires lawyers. Um, thankfully, I have a fantastic finance guy, and we were able to pull the information together, but it is a, a fairly um, challenging process. From what I understand, the, the, effort of, uh, the, the level of work required is about 10% what it would be if you were actually going public through an IPO. Um, And then the other piece of work really has been more in the the marketing of the effort. So the platform that we worked with, Seed Invest, has a base of accredited and non-accredited investors from past Regulation A and Regulation uh, D financings. But by and large, um, we we sort of took on a lot of the marketing work ourselves. um, you know, it's a lot of it's drip email marketing, um, setting up prompts on the website, uh, making sure we have our, our positioning just right.
0: It's great. Question in the audience. Used uh, Seed Invest. Did you look at any of their competitors, and how was it working with them? Um, it's been good. I think
1: so. We, we've looked at a number of different competitors. Um, seed Invest comes from more of the Regulation D world, uh, so they were probably best set up for. Uh, you know, around where there's a fewer number of investors, each at a high dollar volume. Um, but they're, you know, they're a startup as well. So I think, you know, the, the really the, the main issue that we've had uh, in general, and this may well have been true with any platform, is uh, having more payment types. So you can't invest using a credit card. That's um, not allowed by law. Uh, debit cards are allowed by law, but there's not many debit card uh, payment processors who will work with crowdfunding. So we actually had one lined up with Seed Invest we collected I don't know a half million dollars worth of funding, and the the debit card processor First Data wouldn't relinquish the funds. And then in trying to return the funds, inadvertently build the entire base of investors a second time. So it was a there's been some hiccups along the way. So it's things like that. Really, I think it's just it's a nascent industry, and so getting the payment processing just right and having a, a range of options, you know, PayPal and um, you know, any, anything else that makes sense, um, you know, Venmo, for example, for the younger demographic. So I think, I think the, the industry will get there, but it's still uh, kind of early days. Did you sort of Mostly.
0: Okay, one more. I
1: have a question
2: over here. Yeah. Al Glenn, KPOO, San Francisco. Congratulations on your novel way of using crowdsourcing. Out of the streaming services, one of the difficulties have been profitability. My understanding is that since 2008 up to now, one of the few that have been profitable includes you. Can you speak more to that? And also the second part of the question, you mentioned the salient point of your service being community or communal services or some adjunct to that. Can you elaborate on that as well?
1: Sure. Um, so, uh, sorry, what was your first, your first question was the... Profitability. Uh, oh, profitability, right. So um, that's correct. So we, uh, when we launched, we had no revenue model out of the gate, so we weren't profitable. Um, but we did introduce advertising on the site beginning in, I think, beginning of 2009. And so we got to profitability pretty quickly, but that was primarily because we operated under the Small Webcaster Settlement Act, um, which or the, I guess, the Small Webcaster sort of tier, uh, which meant that we paid our royalties as a percentage of revenue. And so that was a much more scalable uh, way of paying royalties. When we graduated to the same royalty structure as Pandora a couple of years back, we fell out of profitability because the royalty rates are far, far higher, maybe 5X um, what they were as a, as a small webcaster. So we haven't been profitable recently. Um, you know, just by way of comparison, the royalty rates in Canada are one-tenth those in the U.S. So. Unfortunately, we're not profitable today. Uh, we think we can get back to profitability, um, but that's uh, you know that's that's still uh, you know that's still out a little bit. And on your second point, uh, you know, iVUS is a community because fundamentally the product, um, the experience, is created by our users. One percent of our users, um, we term them DJs or curators, uh, will upload music or choose from a library uh, and create Essentially, an online mixtape for other people to tune into. So, it's the product is actually created by our users, and oftentimes there's a relationship that forms between the DJs and their listener kind of fan base.
0: Right. Great, thank you. We really appreciate it, Dave. Great presentation. Thank you. All right. Well, that is certainly a very novel approach. uh, because it is tough in the VC funding market, but it also shows how much effort it still takes. But the power of that user base uh, for financial support is really important, and uh, it's a breakthrough platform in order to provide that capital. It's great. So next up, we have Joyce Williams from Gear Launch, and we'll give her a moment. And while she's told she's ready, I will just stall. She's good. Just a little volume in the mic.
3: Okay, sorry. There we go. Hi. Uh Let's see. HDMI. Yes.
0: Did not... So just a reminder, there's a San Francisco music tech app. If you just search for SFMT in the app store, and it's a user curated app. So I just took a picture of the audience and I posted it. You can download, share, comment, and I'm on here. So it's a good way to chat and do some other things too. SF, it's the SF Music Tech app, SFMT. So um, my firm, Walden Venture Capital, we do Sprout Stage Investing, invest in series, typically Series A companies that are post-product, post-technology. And now we are going to head into joyce and gear launch
3: hi folks uh, thank you so yes i am joyce what's going on everybody hope you're recovering from the rain um so i wanted to share a little bit about myself i've kind of been entrenched in the music industry in san francisco for about 16 years uh met brian many many years ago not too many of course um, worked for a record label called Six Degrees, kind of watched the digital revolution totally change, how independent labels function, uh, started a boutique management firm, represented Scissors for Lefty, Kid Beyond, uh, Von Iva, some bands y'all may have heard of. My artist actually played, Kid Beyond played the first Treasure Island, and I was really happy to be there yesterday. See that wind down, sadly. But, uh, so yeah, and then I transitioned into technology and e-commerce, um, worked for a company called Zazzle, uh, for about six and a half years, uh, and was really recruited there based on my music chops. Um, sold, trying to sell that product into the music space, but sort of holistically evolved there and did a lot of the procurement of various different uh, entertainment licenses: Viacom, Live Nation, you know, into Sesame Street and Warner Brothers and other studios and such. Um, So my career started there, but I have recently pivoted to a company called Gear Launch. Uh, Reason being, uh, we're really building out a product uh, that allows for brands and bands to go direct to market with a white-labeled solution uh, predicated on the print-on-demand category. Um, So to speak a little bit to the sort of history of merchandise... um, you know, many managers will say to me that 80% of their merchandise is still happening at the merch booth table. And uh, you know, what, what we have here is what we lovingly call sort of the music hamburger T-shirt. Um, your typical, you know, black shirt, two-sided, uh, with the tour dates on the back. So it's, it's really kind of still staggering to believe that with, you know, everything that's happening with, you know, the predication of online commerce and everything, still tremendous numbers are being sold at the merch booth, which is something that, you know, we really seek to cure. Uh, we're basically building a platform that makes it extremely efficient and profitable to go to market through the print-on-demand category. Um, e-commerce traffic has kind of just consistently been on the rise uh, they started really measuring it in 2005. Every year we've seen, you know, 14 to 26% increase. It's, you know, almost $350 billion likely this year, you know, topping close to 500, many reports will say, Um, And social commerce specifically is the highest targeted increase within e-commerce overall, which is really where we focus, not solely, but um, that's where the heavy conversion rates are. So I think that's really important for artists and brands to contemplate. In addition to this, as many of you guys have probably experienced on your own uh, brand websites, I did a little query, and over the past five years, well-known brands and artists are consistently seeing a decrease in organic traffic. It's a lot more saturated to buy SEM words and just to get people to your website. So knowing that maybe people aren't able to get to your shows and buy product at your tour dates and still, uh, you know, the traffic to your website is decreasing, what we're really focused on is trying to figure out where your customers are interacting at the time they're interacting and targeting them with very, like, you know, juicy content to sort of capture them. Um, a little bit of data. Uh, just sort of folks that land on these platforms in terms of, you know, their propensity to purchase. Uh, Zazzle Cafe Press, Redbubble, about 1% to 2%. Amazon, generally, about 4%. We are in the 6 to 7.5% range, uh, which is obviously pretty staggering. Um, in terms of taking advantage of social, um, in general, you know, it's, it's hard to measure certain marketing categories. Um, but what we see with SEO and SEM is we really see that as more of a defensive tactic. So sites again, like Zazzle and Cafe Press and others in this print on demand category are really focused on defensive who's coming based on search to the website. Whereas what social allows you to do, and we, we do sort of give props to our, uh, Bigger competitor, Teespring, which really kind of went to market with the first social commerce uh, platform, and, you know, really driving more consistent visibility, targeted on social. And another really good thing about social commerce is it's a lot cheaper to market, uh, which is, you know, great for everybody. So higher conversion rates, lower cost to go to market. So what we do uh, at Gear Launch is we basically feel like we are building the platform that works best for brands. It allows you to go to market in your own voice, capture your own consumer data. Um, that all belongs to you. Uh, and basically, we handle all of the fulfillment, uh, customer service. Um, the tool has a lot of inherent marketing features, such as you know, abandoned cart emails. Um, you can embed Facebook pixels, uh, you know, Google Analytics. Um, and essentially, the product itself is going to continue to evolve Uh, so that you can, you know, embed any uh, marketing tactic you'd like to. It's offered in sort of two different mechanisms. Um, So here I've kind of outlined, you know, market alignments. Um, Campaign function allows you to make something available for a limited period of time. Um, And basically at the time the campaign ends, we go to market and allows for a little bit more flexibility on the margin association back to the partner. Um, In addition to To that, we also offer immediate fulfillment, which allows us to basically ship a product through the print-on-demand capability immediately to the customers. So it sort of aligns uh, two different methods um, in a standard same platform. Um, And this is an example of a campaign that was launched. So through the first mechanism, limited availability. This screenshot was taken right when this launched, by the way, so many more have sold today. So this was for George Clinton. Um, and you guys may have seen the Andy Borowitz New, New Yorker article that came out on the 11th. We got this to market the very next day, so we can be extremely nimble and get product up really quickly. Um, by the way, he has a few Trump plans, which which we learned, which is very interesting, <laughs> but uh, got this to market really quickly. Um, this is a campaign we're launching for Cheech and Chong. Uh, this is through the you know immediate fulfillment model, which sort of keeps you in the platform, and they can launch it for as long as they want. So, essentially, you get personalized experience throughout the entire process, um, on-demand, printing through best-of-class fulfillment partners, and you get a lot of data uh, from the platform. So there's a lot of sort of inherent marketing features embedded.
0: All right. Yeah. Thanks very much. No worries. Okay. Great. Next up, I'm uh, excited to have two companies on stage to announce uh, a major new product announcement bringing together some very important trends in in both uh, mobile and in voice and music with Katie McMahon of SoundHound and Sean Sullivan of BoomBotics. Take it away.
4: Thanks, Larry. I think we're going to start with the video. We have all ready to go. Sound would be good weather look like today?
5: Hardly cloudy, with a high of 68 degrees. Okay, Hound, who won the Giants
6: game last
5: night? The San Francisco Giants defeated the Los Angeles Dodgers at home 3-1. to
7: Okay, Hound, can we play blackjack?
5: How much would you like to bet? All of it. You have a queen and a four. The dealer is showing a nine and a ten. Hit or stand. I'll hit. You got a ten of diamonds. You lose. Okay, Hound, place the EDM. How about the Calvin Harris DNA mix?
6: Okay, Hound, good night. Good night.
4: For lunch. Um, I'm from Boombotics, and for those of you who don't know the company, we started here in San Francisco down in the Mission, a couple young guys in a garage known for these little guys, the Rex, one of our original products. So our expertise was really around the hardware and putting great sound into a small package. These have a little clip. They became, you know, kind of there was a cult following amongst the sort of delivery folks and the bike messengers in, in San Francisco. And and then as the company grew, we did collaborations like this particular one, which was done with the Wu-Tang Clan to launch one of their albums. And so we've had sort of this, you know, really young urban brand vibe going on around really portable electronics. Now, we wanted to create a product for in-home. And when we started to look into the space, we really loved the idea of this voice computing and voice-activated speaker. And we really wanted to find a strong partner to work with that had the expertise and the software chops to really create that type of interaction that you saw in the video. And that's when we came into contact with the people at Soundtown Inc. and their Houndify platform. And I think Larry mentioned, so we're literally launching the product today here at the SF Music Tech, which we're super excited about. If you go into your SoundHound app, there's a nice big advertisement in there, and you can pre-order your Hurricane now for delivery at the end of the year. We're, uh, when we were looking for a sound partner, and, and I will turn it over to Katie. She'll dive deep into the Houndify platform. But you know, for us, it was really we wanted to have the almost conversational type of interaction and the contextual awareness that Hound has created in their platform is pretty amazing. And then when you... Um, pair that with their expertise and, you know, 10 years of working with the SoundHound app and their deep knowledge into music, it allowed us to have some opportunities to create some really interesting um, uniqueness around the user experience. So I think, you know, we're super excited about it. Here's the product. I actually have one here today. So it's good size. We always say, like, our, our customer would never buy an Amazon Echo or a Google Home. This is, you know, more in line with what they want. And we really, um, we really focused on the music experience and making sure that we got that correct. While we understand connected home and it'll do a lot of functionality beyond music, we really wanted to nail the music vertical initially and make sure that, that we did a great job with that. So I think I'll turn things over to Katie to uh, talk about Hound a little bit more.
8: Thank you, Sean. And um, before I forget to pipe the fact that this is semi-portable, so what's so cool is you can unplug this and take it out to your porch, to your garage, and you are still able to crank away listening to music. You listen to it loud. It has awesome sound quality to it. So what more could we want to do than put uh, the voice interface onto a beautifully designed, focused, in-home music speaker and I just want to say thank you to the team at Boombotics for being extraordinary partners in this journey because today marks the first unveiling of a screenless device running the Houndify platform but zoop let's peel back because you've heard of SoundHound Inc we've been here many many times right so Wait, Soundhound was that, that music app, orange button, hold it out, what's the name of the song? Got it, kind of like Shazam. So what are you guys doing in this voice space? Well, let me tell you. It's an amazing journey because um, there are very few technology companies um, that will become companies of consequence who you've not really heard of or the wider world hasn't yet really heard of. And Soundhound Inc. for the last 10 years has been heads down creating this suite of technologies. So while we're so proud and continue to love our music app, our SoundHound Music Search Discovery and Play app, and wink, wink, we've got some pretty killer features coming out and updates soon in the Music Experience app. The founding team and our, and our founder, Kévin Mogogere, had a real nod to the future 10 years ago knowing that one day we're going to talk to computers. And today it's a very obvious statement. Yes, we know. We know we're getting closer to Star Trek. Yes, we know we already speak to our, our um, uh, embedded assistants. However, that experience, even today, far from delights. And we knew it was going to take um, an extraordinary amount of time, meaning very specifically in the sciences, the research and the development behind creating not just voice recognition, but then the natural language processing to understand what you're saying. Right? right now you're listening to me and you're not transcribing in your brain and then flipping it to the right side of your brain to understand what I'm saying. It's all happening naturally. And that's just one element of um, a suite of technology that we created. We call, it, we call it speech to meaning. We're able to take what you say in a conversational state and, quite frankly, instantly know what you're asking, and return a result. So for example, if I were to say, what time is it in Tokyo when it's 4 p.m. in San Francisco, that quickly, into the Hound app, and going forward into the Hound voice interface that is the parlance into the Boombotics hardware here, the answer will come back and not skip a beat of trying to understand, "Um, I wasn't sure, you gave me two cities, or here, what does here mean? We're able to do con- continuous context-aware.
0: So, so Katie, can I ask, is there any no. licensed technology in, in your product in, in
8: Hound? Right, so the answer is no. SoundHound Inc. owns the entire suite of the Houndify platform, which gives you the end-to-end solution of the voice, the, the wake-up world, okay, Hound, play me Hello by Adele and that will trigger playing that specific song. So we can, for example, trigger a song, artist, or album. But we can also do wonderful things such as um, OK Hound, let's hear a workout mix. OK Hound, play the top song in Ireland. It's really extraordinary. And I think one of the premises that Boombotics really focused on, and that this is why we we loved working together, was it's got to be simple, and you can't ask the user to learn all these phrases. You can't have the user have to have the workload of enabling ways to say things, it just needs to work, right? And these guys are about a great experience, music. Our DNA comes obviously out of music, but what this is doing is bridging this world where you are going to talk to things, and you're going to expect them to actually respond in a way that isn't just um, dead-ended. So for example, let me just go on another moment, The the ability to have a conversational state. Now, what what do I mean by that? I can say, um, just for example, and the little clip showed you uh, the game boom um, of blackjack will be will be enabled. For example, I could say, um, "What's the monthly mortgage on a million dollar house?" Well, you need more variables than that, right? So suddenly, Hound's going to have to say, "Well, give me some more data points. Like, how long is this? The term? What's the interest rate?" and I can go back and forth, or I can pepper it with all of those data points and get the answer. In, in the home, we, we can see this happening where you wake up and you just say, um, okay, Hound, what's the weather like at 3 p.m. in San Francisco, and it's gonna tell me. Well, how about back in Brooklyn, and it'll tell me. So that how about is that contents aware, all right? And then the ability to ask a heavier load, okay, Hound, say, at the end of the day, and you're having a friend's over. Okay, Hound, what's the phone number of the nearest pizza place that's open after 11 p.m.? And it tells me. Is it expensive? No, it's got one star, relatively cheap. This is phenomenal. You, you won't find that on any other experience. Right now, we think we, we've developed something really very joyful, and I know I'm taking a long time, but it's so awesome, and I know you just want to keep listening to me to hear more and more and understand why this product will go down as an iconic product in the world of voice intelligent interfaces in the IoT. So, I um, would hustle to get your early bird pricing as it's uh, available today.
0: Yes, yeah, so that's uh, available on Kickstarter now. And thanks so much for uh, launching that product here.
8: Thank you. Sean, thanks, everyone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, next up, we have Ethan Kaplan from Fender Digital. And we'll give him a moment to get plugged in. So one of the questions that I had was, you know, what's our investment criteria? And what's the best way to try to um, approach us? And it's really with a demo because we're very product-centered. We want to be post-product or post-technology. So if you've got a demo, that's the best way.
6: Will you invest in Fender, please?
0: Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be? All right, take it away. Hi, um, I'm Ethan.
6: I've been on the stage under many companies, sadly. Uh, I'm now on the stage under Fender, so this is my home, I hope. Uh, I love the company. Uh, Fender's an iconic brand. It's, we're celebrating our 70th year. Uh, in the 70th year, we started up a division called Fender Digital. So I'm sure everybody's familiar with Fender. We just recently moved to Hollywood, that's an installation in our Hollywood space, as well as the exploded Stratocaster. Um, So, Fender. Fender started in Fullerton, California in 1946 um, as a maker of steel pedal guitars uh, in a radio shop downtown there. In fact, that space is still there. It's kind of historical, but it's not a Fender space anymore. Um, Fender's currently located in Hollywood, Sunset and Gower, Corona, California, Ensenada, and Scottsdale. Um, Over the past 70 years, Fender's been kind of at the forefront of, of music in terms of, I mean, it's hard to find a stage except this one maybe without a Fender product on it. Um, we make these. They're beautiful pieces of art. Um, that's a 1954 Stratocaster right there with gold hardware. Probably costs about $70,000 on the open market right now. Um, and we still make our guitars in Corona, California, as well as Ensenada in Japan. Uh, that's out of our factory in Corona right there, finishing up a Stratocaster. Fender Digital was started about a year ago. Um, I came about there. We started at me uh, in Burbank. We're now 72 people. Uh, between Dublin, Scottsdale, and Los Angeles. Um, and our aim is basically to address the biggest problem that our business has. We've sold guitars for 70 years. Um, we've sold a lot of guitars. We sell well over a million and a half a year. Um, and the fact is that within four months of any kid, anybody getting or picking up their first guitar, it likely will end up under the bed. We have a 90% year-over-year abandonment rate of our guitars. Now, those that stick with it, by six to eight over their lifetime, and given market share, majority of those are ours. So we definitely have an impetus to pro- keep people progressing through actually playing. Problem with guitar is, who here plays guitar? Anybody? So I, I kind of say guitar is the worst user interface for an instrument out there. It's cheese grater strings, you're going to bleed. Uh, you know, getting past the F chord chasm is tough. Getting past the B chord chasm is tough. Um, To get any measure of expertise, it's painful. If you actually look on Instagram and and search for finger bleed as a hashtag, there's a lot of players who have just highlight their hands bleeding. It's terrible. So who makes a product that makes people hurt? Well, we do. Um, And only 10% of people will actually stick with it, and it becomes a lifetime pursuit if they do. So reduce abandonment rate. You increase your year-over-year cohorts. As any product developer knows, the less people that quit, the more people stay. You kind of start doubling and tripling the size of your business. Um, And the the musical instruments market, which is great that I'm here and not in the record label side, actually is growing. So more people play year over year, especially in electric guitars. And it's nice to be at a company that does that. So Fender, we started Fender Digital with the aim of addressing the abandonment rate. The first one, we're launching a series of products starting two months ago and progressing through the next uh, 12 months. First one we launched was a tuner. Um, If you pick up a guitar that you've just bought at Costco or you got for your bar mitzvah or whatever, it's untuned and unset up. And the fact is most people don't know how to tune a guitar. We did user testing where we handed an untuned guitar to uh, people in our office and none of them can tune it. And most of them broke the high E string. So first thing first, address the first problem, which is how to play. So we released a guitar tuner on uh, iOS, releasing on Android in December. And the biggest difference between our guitar tuner and the 65 other guitar tuners in the iOS store is ours is completely free. It's the difference number one. And difference number two is that it actually teaches you how to tune. The first thing it does is it teaches you what the strings are, how to tune from low to high, what flat and sharp mean. All the things that most of the guitar tuners took for granted that when you actually handed a six-string to a kid, none of them could figure out. But then they broke the high E string. Second thing, so we're launching, um, so Tuner, bottom left. Um, We have a bunch of other launches happening in the next uh, 12 months culminating in our learning platform, which is coming next year. But we're trying to chip away at all of the individual things that actually enable players to, to play. So tuning's one of them. You need to actually sound good. Um, Tone, you need to sound like what you want to sound like. That's one of the most esoteric things that uh, guitar instruction takes for granted. So it's part of our connected amp ecosystem. Um, Practice, how to practice and how to play along to songs. Um, And ultimately the learning. And so we call this whole ecosystem Fender Connect. It's really about unifying the player's profile, what they play, what they like to play. Every player is different. Not everybody wants to shred like Richie Blackmore. Some people just want to play a ukulele. Um, and the pursuit, how to get there. If you have an individualized pursuit, the more likely you are to return to it. Uh, And I know I'm running out of time, so I'm going to get to Q&A. But the other thing we're launching is in a week and a half, and you can actually hit it up now, is thenewfender.com. So one of the things we addressed with thenewfender.com, if you go to the old site, uh, it doesn't actually tell you the difference between all of the different products we sell. If anybody in here is an e-commerce merchant, we have 700 and something SKUs. Um, and they're very esoteric. So we decided to take a different approach, walk people through the actual product taxonomy. So Stratocaster, our most iconic guitar, comes in a variety of prices. Now, if you drill down into why you would play an American Elite starting at 1800 bucks, beyond the fact that it's a beautiful guitar, stunning, um, we go into the feature benefits, kind of the lifestyle pieces on it. So this is a very new approach for us. Um, the the guitar business and the music industry business kind of instrument business depends on people knowing the esoterics as to what a humbucker versus a single coil is we're trying to walk people through that experience and walk them into something uh, that makes sense and hopefully finding the guitar that lets them stick with it longer than four months before tossing it under their bed I'll open it to QA and I realize I talked like an auctioneer up here but uh, if there's any questions
0: any questions
6: I've got two minutes
0: Okay, up in the back. I think you're gonna have to wait for the mic. Uh, Sorry,
9: I, I you mentioned uh, several other like uh, products or apps that you're launching um, f- uh, before the uh, culminating uh, teaching program. I guess I was just wondering, uh, what are those?
6: So we're working on an uh, app for courts. So we call it kind of like a practice room app to help you actually practice. Most of the chord apps depend on you actually knowing how to read either notation or tablature. So we want to do it in a more organic way. And actually, we also realize that most of the places where you're going for tabs don't have the songs that people are actually looking for, Uh, especially younger audiences. People are actually looking for The Weeknd and not looking for uh, Collective Soul. As we realize, there's 18 versions of Collective Soul songs, but nothing for contemporary pop. So we're working on that. Um, one of the coolest things we're doing is a, kind of an IoT-connected AMP platform happening in, uh, uh, next summer, and so a companion app for that, so you can actually program your AMP from your, app, your, amp from your phone. Um, and beyond that, uh, the learning platform is kind of the big one, and, and everything is going to kind of roll around that. So um, Android version of the tuner will come at the beginning of next year, too, so we can start shipping away at that platform. Great. Well, right, it's exciting
0: you. to see a company that's been around for so long with anything? hardware turning into a, a software and experience company. I think we're going to end it there. Thank you very much, Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next up, we have Vincent Favrat, or maybe Vincent Favrat. Is that better? Exactement. Exactly. Yeah, Oh, no. uh, She's not here. But I hear she's okay. She's just not here. Okay, we have video. Want to just get going while? Do you want to just begin while? Yeah, of course, I can getting start. going. Thank you. All right.
10: Thank you. Hello, everybody. So I'm Vincent Favrat, the CEO of Musimap, which is a B2B cognitive technologies company. We're revolutionising music recommendation thanks to humanised algorithm. So the problem we are solving is uh, um, the overabundance of choice in our hyperconnected era. In other words, how can you f- help end user? find their way into a global library of 50 million songs according to their personality, their mindset, their taste, their emotion, and their social context. To solve this issue, we have worked during 15 years with over 60 international contributors to um, create a unique hybrid between soft and hard science. We together mapped uh, the global library into a neural Music network encompassing five billion data points, three billion qualified relation between 50 million songs by 4.3 million artists. Our USP is to master 400 uh, complex moods, so all of the facets, all of the palette of human emotions, in one hundred listening context, thanks to u- unique lexicology of 11,322 keywords. So, this powerful cognitive assistant is allowing us, for example, to um, engineer a very powerful search engine for audiovisual professionals, so music supervisors, where they can, um, in a weighted system, search for the right track for an advertisement or for a film according to uh, these different genres, but also to these 400 different nuances of emotions. On the other side of the spectrum, we have the lean-back user who just wants, with a vocal comment, to get played the music he, he really enjoys uh, thanks to his, uh, his um, personality and his emotions. So we do that. We've also developed, so there are many exciting images that you don't see now, but you can imagine them. I'm sure you are <laughs> good at that. Um, so, uh, for example, a music uh, chatbot where you will ask your uh, messenger, Facebook messenger um, you will just tell him, you know, I'm in love, or I'm very bored, or I want to get excited. And he will recommend uh, tracks to you directly with a YouTube video inside of the chat. Or we c- you can have uh, Moodyfy, that is the winner of the Berlin uh, act Day two days ago, that basically mixes uh, Philips Hue with, uh, with Scenic uh, and uh, Spotify API to uh, play uh, the right nuance of light according to... Uh, your music and your mood. But most of all, what MusiMap can achieve is a psycho-emotional user profiling. I chose to show uh, the profile of uh, a world leader with basically your president, uh, Barack Obama. So we took the White Eyes official playlist of Obama and based on these tracks, we uh, are able to picture the 100 top properties of of his playlist and we are able to basically tell a lot of things about him because we believe that emotion is a true door to emotion. And you can know a lot about these people. So if we went uh, this through our system, we would uh, know that Obama is a charismatic leader that is gentle, generous, uh, you know, uh, basically clear-headed, and uh, that has a lot of qualities that you would uh, like a leader to be <laughs> having. And uh, he is also liking soul music a lot, and music uh, influenced by gospel. Now, if we want to look at the future, and we want to uh, have a look at your upcoming election, we can also do the same with Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. And we will see then that Donald Trump is a charismatic, um, rude, uh, um, rough player who doesn't uh, have any uh, spirituality or or uh, religiousness in the tracks he has uh, chosen on his official Spotify playlist. If we ask the machine what is a track that fits the most to Donald Trump, it will basically give us as an answer uh, a track by Old Dirty Bastard uh, that is uh, Shimmy Shimmy Ya, that I wanted to play also. (laughs) But... (laughs) You know, so we can do the same with Hillary Clinton, and you will see that uh, basically, um, Hillary Clinton is a, a very generous person, that she is ambitious, but that she is also naive and not very down to earth, very spir- spiritual and uh, not very spiritual, a little spiritual, and that she is a visionary. So that's that what, what you will tell about all of these people. And of course, the idea with Music Map is that you can map a track, an album an artist, a music genre, a brand, a music festival. And once you have mapped all of these elements, then you can, you know, do the matching. And that's becoming exciting because you cannot not only do the Obama profile, but you can do Obama m- with Michelle cruising in his car and having a playlist that is a real plat- discovery platform for the couple not to fight. But to discover new things together, you can have Obama with friends, with his family, with inspirational playlist, with the girl power of Michelle Obama involved, or you can have Obama at the beach with friends, or any possible things. Good. So I won't, I won't take you longer on that, but we have many demos that we would be very happy to show you on one-on-one meetings if you have time afterwards. Thanks a lot for your time. Yeah.
0: So, uh, Before we let you go, just wanted to um, ask if people wanted to work with your company, uh, what's the best way, what kind of customers are the best customers for you, and how should they uh, be reaching you?
10: So we have uh, um, basically an API interface. So we license this technology. We close exclusive or semi-exclusive deals per segments of the market. We identified twenty segments with appetites for the technology. We did narrow that down to eight segments that are interesting for us outside of strictly the music industry. We go to. Uh, the automotive sector, um, beginning to work with Porsche on, on, on a prototype, we go to social media to do, uh, we have discussion with Match.com to uh, you know, improve the, 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 you know, the algorithm to match people uh, based on their musical taste. We like to work with the search engine, so we work with Quant, which is the um, competitor to Google search in Europe, uh, to uh, have a fantastic prototype, or with WPP or Avast to uh, have brand profiling. So we'd like to, uh, now close till the end of the year, this uh, exclusive deal is in this eight specific segment of the market.
0: Great. Okay. Thanks very much. Vincent. Thanks a lot. And that was tough to do without the materials there. So, nice job on that. So, uh, next we have Bosco from Electrospit.
11: testing
12: <laughs>
0: <laughs> literally ready to rock
11: Ready, go. All right. Well, I'm. I'm gonna go into. Uh, hold on, one second.
0: That was a very sweet demo. So even though I can't s- sing whatsoever, you're going to auto-tune me, right? Maybe.
11: <laughs> Technical difficulties here, sorry.
0: So if I love it and I want it, what do I do, Bosco? So you are going to go to,
11: you can come to me and I'll sell you one directly, or you can go to electrospit.com and pre-order, you can pre-order our um, final version, which will be crowdfunding sometime next year, or you can get a prototype right now. Awesome. We got one one uh customer, all right, thank you.
0: It's all right let's uh you want me to go to q and a
12: Well, I had some great stuff for you, but it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs>
11: So, um, first of all, this is Electro Spit. The way that it works is you can control it with either your mobile phone. You can connect it to an electric guitar or a synthesizer. The sound comes out of the Electro Spit. You put the device on your throat. You don't talk. And you mouth the words. So... wow
12: wow whoa. Whoa, whoa. whoa, 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 whoa. Ooh,
11: yeah. And, um... The inspiration for Electro Spit is um, I'm one of the top talk boxers in the world. I've worked with um, Kanye West, among other people, and this is backstage at the American Music Awards. And um, we're about to perform. Play you a quick clip from it.
2: His 15 year tenure has seen him in numerous national TV appearances, including
11: the AMAs with
3: Kanye West
11: so that performance was a lot of fun but unfortunately i had to lip sync because the talk box is so cumbersome it had, you have to have the uh, an amplifier the speaker the tube the keyboard and it's not practical to move around in a performance like that so that got me thinking how could i fix that So that brings us to this amazing music tech incubator accelerator called Zoo Labs, which is kind of like Y Combinator for musicians and at Zoo Labs, um, they taught they teach in, uh, musicians about using startup ideas to be more innovative in their business models, and what came out of that was um, Electrospit, uh, an instrument that allows you to have the experience of playing a talk box without Um, the heft and the weight of all of the uh, equipment to bring on stage. Um, We used it with musicians, live performance, with students, with kids. Um, I've done uh, songs with Skrillex, uh, Phanagram, Big Boy of OutKast. And I'm going to show you a a quick clip of uh, me doing something else fun with Electrospit, which is uh, challenging T-Pain to a battle uh, on (laughs) autotune. Okay, say your name, if you don't mind where you're from, and go, and go for it. My name is Bosco. That's what the f- I'm talking about. That's Bosco? <laughs> My family?
12: And I want to challenge <laughs> you right
11: now, t bay to Yo, Bosco, come here real quick. I'm founder of Electro Spit. We have a wearable... Device uh, right here. This is oh, this is electro spit Sorry,
2: don't to with
11: you, Malik.
12: I have no. Yeah. Got- yeah. I know when you my love I know so, when <laughs>
11: Thank you very much. You can get uh, an ElectroSpit at electrospit.com, and if you have any questions, I can talk to you afterwards.
0: Okay, next up, we have Maxine Marcus from the Ambassador Company.
9: Hello, everyone. I'm Maxine, and I'm 16 years old, and I'm a junior in high school, and I'm the founder of the Ambassador's Company. So, so, uh, how many of you guys think that teens are valuable by a show of hands? All right. Wow, that's a lot of hands. Okay, so out of you guys that just raised your hands, how many of you are currently getting direct feedback from teens? Honest, direct feedback. Okay, so I see a lot less hands. So... Okay, so that's the ambassador's company. A year and a half ago, I had a job at a company and I was doing social strategy and marketing and while I was there, I noticed that although everyone was so smart and insightful and I learned so much, they were less tuned into what teens wanted in the teen market. So then I started to notice that this could be a trend. I then worked at another company and while I was there, I noticed the exact same thing when I was in product and marketing. There was just no understanding like there should have been, of what teens wanted. So I started the Ambassador's Company. The Ambassador's Company provides a group of teens that are insightful and very critical thinkers, and they have the ability to clearly and articulately give their ideas, feedback, suggestions, insights, you name it. And that will give you the teen insight, as well as to help you understand what you need to do to your product to make it appealing for teens and the thing about it is that it doesn't just help you figure out what teens want for your product to be appealing, it helps your product become more appealing to everyone in general because teens have grown up around technology so we're really well versed in understanding what it needs to do for it to be more accessible for everybody. so my process goes in three phases, and it can take anywhere from two to five weeks, and my normal sample size is 20 to 30 ambassadors. So in phase one, it's about understanding your company and figuring out what you want to get out of the feedback process. We can give you feedback on UI, on your brand. If you're an artist, we can give you feedback on music, on your band. We can give feedback on something that's not yet been released through test flight. We can do... Um, marketing, feedback, competition, you name it. Pretty much anything that you guys need. And then in phase two, that's when I distribute all of your information out to the ambassadors. Before we've done websites, even physical product, we're testing underwear right now. So that's been really interesting. And, And we can also do things on test flight as well if you want to get something tested out that hasn't been released yet, like a new feature. And then in phase three, I deliver you with the final report. And in the final report, you're going to get really clearly stated summaries of all the feedback as well as all the the raw data and insights. And then you're also going to get a full insights report with final suggestions and major takeaways. So you're going to get a really big scope of the entire project. Um, and a very clear view into what all the teens believe needs to be done. Uh, And, yeah, that's pretty much it. So if you have any questions, you can reach me at maxinemarcus16 at gmail.com or at ambasco.com, or you can ask me some now (laughs) if you have any.
0: Great. So can you uh, just talk a little bit about who the ambassadors actually are and how do you uh, recruit them?
9: So the ambassadors that I have currently, I have around 40, but per job there's usually only 20 to 30 working at one time, and they're all high schoolers. I have mostly teens from the Bay Area right now. I've handpicked all my teens, so I I have to say that they're not a general like sample group of the average teen. They're all very well educated, Um, but the reason why that's been the most successful has been that there can clearly... Um, articulate their thoughts and their ideas and there's no struggles when it comes to identifying what a problem is they also come up with ideas of how to solve them Um, and so right now mostly the San Francisco Bay Area and then I have a bunch on the east coast at boarding schools and um, hopefully we'll be expanding to some more states as well
0: Fantastic Thank you very much Maxine and I am also a very proud father I'll say that
9: (laughs) Thanks dad (laughs) Thank you
0: Very nice job. Next up, we have Brewster from the Internet Archive. Yeah. So the other question I've been getting asked a lot of is, what are you investing in in music? And uh, you know mostly I'm really just trying to avoid anything where you've got to get uh, royalty agreements with the labels because those are just very tough for early-stage companies. As it turns out, it's even really tough for late-stage companies. But obviously, there's so much going on in the ecosystem now from hardware, software services, experiences. So uh, while I, I don't have anything hot in the pipeline right now, um, I'm still incredibly excited about all the amazing innovation the music base. Brewster, take it away.
7: So Brewster Cale, um founder of the Internet Archive, and with B. George, who is the new music curator of the Internet Archive, yeah, um, <laughs> it, uh, he, he started this completely great place called the Archive of Contemporary Music in New York. Um, but with the Internet Archive, nonprofit library, we're not selling anything. In fact, we give everything away. Um, probably best known for the Wayback Machine or potentially uh, because we have 10,000 uh, concert recordings of the Grateful Dead. Um, we, and so this was, uh, we kind of stumbled into the whole music area at the Internet Archive when the, the tapers just said, gosh, can we um, host on you? And we said, great, let's do it. So now we've got 6,000 bands and 165,000 live music concerts uh, on the uh, Internet Archive. So, But I'm not going to talk about uh, that particularly. I'm going to talk about the next step, which is how do we get the rest of music online? So we've been archiving... Um, the, what's on the web, and sort of the born digital world, but then how do we go um, backwards o- over, t- over time? And that's how I got to know B. George. Um, this is a shot of his uh, archive in New York City, um, which is just completely uh, fantastic. Um, and downstairs, we've got our little demo station of, and now isn't this music tech for you? So this, this comes with a crank, so you have to crank, and uh, then it spins at 78 RPM records the one to two ounce needle, really, uh, comes down on the record and it basically pushes the uh, uh, the speaker, uh, which is that kind of horn with the dog sitting in front of it, um, downstairs. A few years ago, I'd actually never played an old Victor talking machine um, uh, with, the, with the crank. Um, but now, gosh, I own one. And I think it's completely um, fun. And so what we're trying to do is go backwards to, from not just CDs and LPs, but the 78s and cylinders. So the Internet Archive, people have been uploading 78s for the last bunch of years, and we've got about 10, 78 RPM records uploaded to the Internet Archive that people have been enjoying and liking. We thought, hey, why don't we do more of, of that? Um, so, uh, so B. George uh, started the Internet Archive... Um, uh, as music curator um, I don't know, just maybe a year uh, ago and said well we're starting to get donations. Can you talk a little bit about the, uh, what's been going on? Well um, my library has 3 million sound recordings it's the
5: largest popular music collection in the world and we started, we never collected 78s, so we don't collect classical and when Brewster showed this interest in older material we said okay people are offering us this stuff all the time but we don't take it So, little by little, we brought a couple collections in. One was from a small library in Batavia, Illinois. and This is what you see being delivered. They were in cartons and open for 40 years, sitting on shelves. So The same thing has happened with, and this is what they ended up with, being ready to be digitized. So we took this 48,000 and literally put them in nice, clean sleeves, and then getting them ready to go. And some of the things we found were actually quite rare. And so we're never sure what we're getting. Um, And then we've gotten another collection of uh, over, uh, I think we had 72 pallets of material, again, about 80,000 discs from uh, Rhode Island. And now we've got another one coming uh, of about 22,000. So little by little, people are finding out about what we have and what we can do with it. And you should probably show them this. (laughs) <laughs>
7: okay. Uh, this, this looks kind of Dada-esque to me, right? It's a turntable that has four tone arms, but there's a reason for this. It turns out that 78 RPM records, um, they hadn't standardized what the styli were, where the, what size they were, and whether they were spherical or elliptical or conical, and um, so the George Blood Company, who's sort of the, the digitizers for the kings, um, he ha- he's made this turntable that has four, to- four tone arms, so it plays the record four times at once, um, with different styli, and with that, then we create these uh, collections um, and we've gotten the first 1,000 back. This is the first time we've talked about it publicly, but're our, our, we've gotten our first thousand come back from, this, um, from the Thorpe collection, and these things are great. Um,
0: I think we should imagine you some amazing up. music playing. Uh, right. Just close there, your eyes and put put hear it. Oh, come on come on There it is. Uh,
7: So
5: I. Um, this is a little known, uh, Ethel Davenport was a little known uh, Florida based gospel and blues singer. And it's the kind of thing where we looked it up. There's only like four other cuts on um, Apple iTunes or any place else. So that's the real value of this. The first value is preservation, the secondary value is for scholars, and hopefully, eventually, everybody can hear it. Great.
7: Thanks, guys. Right. So, I, I highly recommend you just digging into this collection and just playing with it because it'll blow your mind because you can play diff- it, these were performances first and foremost not people making records these weren't performances to be recorded they were performances that happened to be recorded it's very very different of how people approached music then and you're going you're to get at least a mind blow um, by diving around with this collection right.
0: thanks we're out uh... We got to move on. Thank you so much. Fantastic. The Internet Archive, it is amazing. So please go there. And last but not least, if you love the turntable, so Brian's just said to me, these guys are the Jimi Hendrix of the turntable. So we've got Yoga Frog, Hard Rich, DJ Kubert with Thud, Rumble. Thanks. Take us on out, guys. Thanks again to Brian, Shoshana, the incredible crew here at SF Music Tech for bringing us all together.
13: Hi, my name is Richie. Uh, I was introduced as Yoga Frog. That's kind of my DJ name. We have Hard Rich and DJ Cubert. Our company is called Thud Rumble. We are from the Bay Area. We are raised here. If you guys kind of know about who we are and what we've done. Um, for about 25 years, we've been on that forefront about a special sound that came out of the turntables in 1974 about 40-plus years ago called scratching. It was invented by a guy named Grand Wizard Theodore in the Bronx. He was 14 years old, which is very important. Yes, teens revolutionize everything. And at 14, by him isolating this one special, special sound, he was one of the many few of, of that part of the, that time, that era that invented hip-hop, a culture that kind of, uh, you know, exploded and has transformed and has touched everyone's lives and inspired it in so many ways, and, you know, it's, and for us, we took that here in the West Coast, we kind of gave it our touch and uh, reinvented this sound and kind of made it our own way. We invented a, a band of scratching and it got really popular, DJ Kubert. Uh, Nyxmaster Mike, DJ Apollo, went off to a London for the World Finals for the Techniques DMC World Champions, won that a few times, and we knew we were onto something that this sound was like no other. It's the basis of hip-hop. When you isolate a scratch, you also isolate the samples, and when you isolate the samples and rearrange them your own way, you are a producer and a DJ, and this is what birthed this whole movement for us. So, to long story short, back in the day, everyone was um, immersed in two turntables and a mixer. That was... That was hip-hop's musical instrument of choice. The last 10, maybe 15 years, um, computing has taken over, and the laptops have been integral and a part of everyone's performance. If you are in electronic music, and even us, if you're in the turntables, you don't bring the crates anymore. You have all the music all in that uh, selection of whatever you have in your laptop. But this, for us, stopped the engagement. That's what was so important in hip-hop, you know, the engagement of two turntables, guys like Jazzy Jeff, uh, um, DJ um, Jazzy Jeff from Fresh Prince, and also Jazzy Jazzy J. These guys were, you know, were bringing a tradition that we thought, hey, we can't stop this from, you know, going away. The scratch is so important to us, but how do we do it now without the laptop? Well, I guess about a year and a half ago, we uh, stumbled on a journey with Intel computers. Here in Santa Clara, and they showed us some of their new maker chips, and gave us a uh, gave us kind of a challenge. What would you do with our new maker chips for the DJ world? And we have a lot of history. We've been designing for guys like Vestax, uh, for Pioneer. We designed that turntable for Pioneer. Uh, we designed that needle for Ortofon. We designed almost everything from the. For for native instruments, we make all the vinyl records for them, for the code. Uh, We do the slip mats, everything of that turntable we designed. But we said, you know what? There's a big, big hurdle. That laptop is still there. You don't want to bring it to the nightclub. You don't want someone spilling nothing on it or messing with it or stealing it. And it just, you know, it's just a laptop. That's all it is. So we really wanted to engage the music back. So we decided, hey, Intel, why don't we build a computing mixer? So for the last year and a half, we did. We put the laptop in the mixer now, and not only has this journey become a, um, something for DJs, but it's for all music. Uh, we, we hope to work with it Native, with Serato, with uh, everyone we designed for, for Pioneer, for Casio, for all of the major electronic labels to integrate the computing back into the musical instrument of your choice. You see here, if you have a machine here, you still need that laptop. If you have Ableton, you still need that laptop. If you have a controller, you might need that laptop or whatever. So bringing that back in to the DJ's interface was our goal. And uh, I know the guys are setting it up right now, so once it's all set up. We are a total independent company. you know, really glad we got to be part of this event. We fund everything ourselves for the last 25 years. We've used
0: Kickstarter uh, a couple of times. Um, We've got great partners, too. If if people uh, want to be your customer, what should they do, and who's your best customer? Our best customer, wow. Our best customer are producers. Everybody who's looking for source sounds.
13: It all starts with sound effects, and little drum kicks, and sound bites, and things to create the music, in electronic music. So, that's our best customer. Our also is, um, I guess, just DJS scratching things from, we make the needles for Ortofon, so, or, or, the need, um, or the turntable for Pioneer. So, all right, so we call this Invader, and it's a new platform. There's desktops, there's laptops, there's mobile, there's, um, there's all. you know, this is what we call smart mixers now, and we're creating this new world with Intel. We've got DJ Cubert who's going to show you a little bit of the action that goes along with it
12: up and down, and one player with the
13: DJ Kubrick, everyone. I think it's totally self-explanatory. Um, I, I'd love some questions, or you want to come hang out with us? Um, yes, you guys. So do you take your step on USB and plug it into that, so you don't have to take a laptop, just your chip. Straight up, that's a straight up mic, uh, computer in there. You could run the internet, you could run your Ableton, you could run your trial, you could run Pro Tools, you could... Right, right.
6: You just plug it in through a USB and you got it all.
13: It's all in there. Oh, that's hot. You right. could control video. You could control the, uh, the lighting. You control the audio. It's everything all in one now.
11: And and, and you who's a hardware manufacturer for it? Is it? Uh, we don't have
13: a manufacturer. We don't have a partner. We do we do everything ourselves.
11: This is all brand new. This is all brand new. And what's new. it called
13: again? It's called the Invader.
11: The Invader. Awesome! Awesome!
13: What's really special too is we're working on the chipsets and the microprocessing, totally just all us and Intel. So it's something that we want to bring around to everyone from, from NI. If you notice, we're using NI program uh, from the tractor on as the program up there. So it'll run Serato, Tractor, Ableton, record every program you want. Has an internal HD as well. It's right? a computer in there. Yeah, yes. it's a computer.
5: So
4: not only USB, but you can just have it loaded up.
13: Right, And this can apply for your turntable, drum machine, synthesizer, keyboards, everything. Any other questions? I think we need to hear some more music to go out with. All right. Don't you think? Find us on thudrumble.com. Email me yogafrog at gmail. Thank you very much. We are Thud Rumble.